passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, welcome back into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner and Ryan Easterling. So we are going to focus on Illinois football recruiting today on the podcast. And what a month it has been for Illinois football recruiting. I think I did some of the math. 32 official visits on campus. 12 different um, mega camps that they have been to out of the state. Three on-campus camps as well. Uh, Ryan, usually it, it, they're busy months uh, in the recruiting calendar every year. But after 15 months of no in-person recruiting, this is one of the most wild months I've ever seen because like there feels like there were some years there weren't even 32 official visitors like during an entire year Illinois did all that in four weekends it was it was pretty insane we'll break down everything about it but what were your big like you know 30,000 foot view um, kind of takeaways from this month that had been so anticipated and, and Illinois was was really aggressive with it yeah and there's two things that really stand out to me the first was that Illinois was really the first program uh, to go out there and just aggressively schedule these. They anticipated the opening of the, you know, the dead period going away and being able to host visitors. And they jumped out in front of it several months ago. Um, They planned a packed month. I thought it was really important, especially with the new staff to get as many guys on campus as they did, just because they haven't had a chance to really interact with these guys outside of zoom or, you know, phone calls, text messages, DMs, all that stuff. So getting guys on campus as much as they could to meet and interact with the new staff, which really seems to be like one of the big things that's that's working well for them. Um, but also with the volume of visitors that they had, they really executed it well. You know, everything we've heard, you know, on, obviously guys come away from visits and they feel like they had a great time. It's It's the coach's job to put on a good show, but it feels like they've really had a plan. They executed it. They put together well thought out weekends uh, that were very intentional. Uh, they, they gave the guys time to build relationships with the assistant coaches, with Bielema and with the players. So I thought just the program that they put together as far as how they carried out these official visits really was one of the, the positives for them. And it seems like it's made an impact for the number of guys. Yeah, now the downside of this is they only have two commitments this month, which is the lowest among Big Ten West teams, Uh, but they came in with the most, right? So they came in with eight commitments in the class, and all of them uh, took their official visits this month. So that's a big chunk, a quarter of the official visits they had. But I thought that was well-planned to get them around a lot of their top targets. And I think having those eight uh, on board already, Ryan, did allow them to be more aggressive uh, than some of their peers. Like Illinois in the Big Ten 
was the highest in the West by more than 10 official visitors. They were up there with Ohio State and Penn State. Each had 42 official visitors this month. Michigan and Indiana at 33, Illinois at 32. That's not bad company to be in, right? Um, you know, some of these other Big Ten West programs weren't as aggressive, but I think Illinois was able to do that because they had such a foundation in their class. So they could use the 48 other official visits in their disposal. They get 56 per class. They could use it to really focus on filling those final, what, 10, 12 spots probably in this class. And, you know, they only got two so far, but they seem like they've made a headway uh, with a lot of their top targets and that they should probably close on, I'd say, a couple at the very least uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, and I, I'm not too alarmed with the lack of commitments because the other flip side of it is a lot of these guys haven't been able to get out to campuses. A few guys took self-guided tours, but most of these guys wanted to take several official visits and go see all the different schools that have been recruiting them. You know, you've got your couple of guys that jumped on board that Illinois really targeted and went after and have been going after for a while. But there are a lot of these other guys that have options. And, you know, that's one of the things is they're recruiting guys that have options. And so they're going out, they're doing their due diligence. And, you know, after not being able to see schools in person for well over a year, I, who could blame them? Mm. So I don't, I don't think it's anything to be too alarmed at. Um, I do think that it is important to, to not underestimate the importance of having all those guys coming back on campus that are already committed because not only are the coaches and the players doing the recruiting, but I think one thing that's been really prevalent in this first class so far is how many of the other commits are actively involved in the recruiting process. And especially when you have guys that are in-state commits. So if you look at, you know, Jordan Anderson, you look at Malachi Hood, guys like that have been actively involved in coming down to campus and joining some of the other uncommitted players there. And they're really kind of building it together. And when you have more out of state commits, that's harder to do because those guys just can't pick up on a Saturday morning drive down and go hang out with, with the other recruits. So I think that's one thing that moving forward, you'll probably see be a more, a more prevalent thing. Um, and we've talked about this before, but they, you know, coming into June, July in past years, they might have had one or two commits. This year, you've got eight or nine coming into the month of June, and you, you finish June with 10, your class is half done. Now you can get more focused, more targeted with the remaining guys. I think there's a, a few guys in the next four to five weeks who are making decisions. So, you know, this class could potentially grow in the next few weeks. And then when the season comes in the fall, you're really just looking to fill about four or five more spots and you can be more selective with those guys at the time and also wait and see if anything shakes out with some guys that are maybe a, a late bloomer you know, that have a good senior season or a guy that pops out of nowhere that you didn't know about before. I do think aggressive is a, is a term for this staff, though, um, especially with some of the guys that they offered and took before June. Um, they were very confident in their evaluations of, of Jordan Anderson, uh, of Henry Boyer, Clayton Leonard um, as well, Malachi Hood, uh, especially. And I, I would say especially Anderson, Boyer, and Hood, I feel like they feel like they're a little fortunate with with how the you know, COVID calendar actually worked out for them, that they were able to see these guys in person, uh, offer them, you know, get feedback on them and kind of recruit them and close the recruitment before these guys had a chance uh, to go to some camp. So I just wanted to sneak that in. Like Jordan Anderson is a, a top 20 prospect according to the composite rankings in the state. Boyer is at 21, Malachi Hood at 27. So th those are solid gets early that 
you know, in another world, Ryan, um, those guys might have had some Power Five offers if they were able to camp last summer, or they were able, you know, to kind of play out a, a normal spring of evaluation where where schools can kind of come in and see them. I think especially Anderson and Boyer. I, I think those are guys that could have really intrigued some schools, even if the position isn't certain. Uh, the upside of both those guys, given their size and and given their uh, you know athleticism, would have really intrigued people. Yeah, and the other thing about Jordan Anderson is he played a six game season this spring so on top of not getting opportunities to go to, to camps and things like that and I, I think Illinois did a really good job of getting him committed before they had a chance to go to camps this summer but think about you know at the production he had he was probably on kind of a pitch count because one thing a lot of the IHSA coaches did was you know, without playoffs this year I mean obviously they still want to play to win the game um, a little Dennis Erickson reference there but um, you know without without the the traditional playoffs coaches are really just trying to get guys as many reps as they can top to bottom to get them exposure, to get them experience. So Anderson probably could have put up even crazier stats than he did in the six games he did play. And then if you consider the fact that they were poised for a deep playoff run, he could have been a 2000 plus yard rusher, Mm -hmm. which at that level is incredible. And Julia Catholics put out some good backs. And so, you know, that's just one example, but several of these guys, had they been in a standard season and gotten the visibility that they normally would have gotten uh, under different circumstances, could have very well blown up. So for Illinois to to just go in, be confident in those, and you know whether it's you call it aggressive, proactive, either way, you know I think they took that action. They weren't they weren't too lax with it all with the process, and they went out and closed out. Yeah, and, I mean you know. Going forward, usually, as you know, Ryan, it takes years to figure out if evaluations work out. Some will, some will not. But I understand, especially those two, Anderson and Boyer, uh, make, a, make a lot of sense for them. Uh, all right, moving forward, we haven't had the chance yet. We weren't able to link up last week because we we're both busy. EMP is the highest-ranked commitment in this class, a big in-state win for Illinois. They flip the once-Cincinnati pledge. He'd been committed to Cincinnati for more than half a year. Iowa uh, was very interested in him, bringing him on an official visit along with Jacob Bostic. They wanted one of those two guys. So that's a really good uh, in-state win for Illinois. It's a guy that's going to make an immediate impact. Pro- probably not, uh, and I don't think they're counting on that. But this is a big win not only you know for what he could mean for for Jared Beatty and some of these other in-state recruitments, but it feels like this is this is a player with a high upside at a huge position need. And Ryan, you'd seen him play uh, this year, so what do you think of, of Ian Pugh in that wide receiver room? Well, I think one of the things, as you said, I, you can't expect him to make an immediate impact, and that's not to say that he won't see the field early. But one thing I think is important to remember with him is he put on like 15 or 20 pounds in the last year alone. So like when COVID was going on, he was in the weight room and he added a lot of weight. He used to be really, really skinny. Um, But with his frame, I think he's still got room for another 15 or 20 pounds of good muscle. So if he gets up to that point where he's about 6'4", 195, 200 pounds, you know, he's a really good athlete. He's really fluid, great stride, really reliable hands. So once he gets more physical and has that weight to where he can battle off defensive backs and, and, you know, hedge off his position when he's going up to make the catch, I think he's going to be a matchup problem. Uh, he's a really refined route runner, got good feet, uh, but also just a, a good guy, a good program guy, a good culture guy. And with all the effort that the staff put in and, and the pursuit that they've been, they've been going after him for so long, you know, it's a win that, you really feel validated for all the effort you put in if you're if you're Bielema and company because 
to lose that one to Iowa would have really stung. You know, you've seen a lot of these Catholic League guys that end up going to either Iowa, Notre Dame, Northwestern, et cetera. You know, you go in there, you target a guy, and you close the deal. Um, you know, I think that's they've got to feel pretty good about that. And, you know, it just continues to build the momentum of in-state recruiting that they have going on right now. And some of the connections he has are probably only going to help even more with a guy like a Jared Beatty or some of these other in-state prospects that they're still trying to close out with. Yeah, Ryan. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk about some of those other guys that they're in on, some of the guys that we think are, are pretty close to decisions and where Illinois stands with them. We'll do that when we come back in the Illini Enquirer podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Ryan, you mentioned battles with Iowa. Uh, man, there are a lot of them that Illinois has. And that's not a bad school to, to be uh, in battles for players with. And, you know, I've always said that's a great model for Illinois to look up to. I know a lot of people said Wisconsin. And, you know, Brett Bielma has, you know, obviously ties to both those programs. And uh, that'd be a great model for, for them to follow. So uh, there's a couple more that, that Illinois will be going after with, with Iowa. And, and wide receiver is a position that now has a scarcity. And Jacob Bostic has been one of the Illini's top targets. And even though they landed Ian Pugh, they'd love to land Jacob Bostic as well. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if, if those two want to go to the same school. They're very similar wide receivers, uh, very similarly ranked uh, on all the, the recruiting services. And, and Bostic just took a visit to Iowa. He just took a visit to Cincinnati. And I, I think Cincinnati is kind of a you know, under the radar school that's got a chance there because they've made him such a priority. Uh, they've, you know, resonated with him in a young recruiting staff and they have a really good offense that's put up a lot of numbers in the passing game. So Iowa's obviously a big threat there. I thought Illinois had a really good chance, but the more chatter you hear, the more you question whether Pew and Bostic will play at the same spot, but they also have Sean Miller making a decision soon. You know him well, IMG Academy. Uh, they just offered, and I want to get into this with you a little bit later, Ashton Collins, a sleeper out of Mississippi, uh, and Chaz Nimrod, a kid out of Arkansas. So, you know, all those players I like. I know there's probably a lot more interest right now in, in the in-state kid and Jacob Bostic, and I know Illinois would really, really like him. 
But uh, they have good options, it feels like, at that wide receiver position, whether Bostic picks them, whether Miller picks them or not. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you have to come away with at least one of them. And if you can get two that you really like, then then by all means do it. Because you saw where they ended up with at the receiver position at the end of this last season. It was just the cover was bare. And that was a position where they had some depth coming into the year, but between injuries and just some different circumstances, it didn't didn't work out that way. So, you know, I think as you're looking to move forward, uh, you want to restock that position, you know, not only just pass catchers, but you're going to need guys that can block well, you know, I think even though I think they will establish a solid passing game, eventually this team is more than likely going to be run first. Um, We'll see what happens when they get out on the field this fall, but you know, history would suggest that this team is going to have a foundation in the run game and then be able to pass out of it, whether it's play action, whatever tight ends. Uh, And we saw a little bit of that in the spring game, but um, you know, whether it's Jacob Bostic, great in-state prospect, but again, cut out of a similar cloth as Ian Pugh. So, you know, does he want to split those reps? It, it, is there room enough for both of them? I'm sure Illinois would say yes. Um, but, or sh- a guy like a Sean Miller, who's a really well-rounded kind of Swiss army knife type receiver, not necessarily a super explosive guy, but he's just really reliable, uh, really technical and has good athleticism overall. Um, or like Hollins, Hollins is a burner. Um, and you know, if, if you're not going to get Bostic, then maybe you turn up the heat on Hollins and try to close that one out. So they, you, they've got options. It's not like they're, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel for, for receiving options. These guys all have other P five offers. They've, they're all wanted by good schools. So, you know, that's a, that's a different position to be in where you're not just trying to find a sleeper, but if a guy like Hollins does show up that runs the speed he does, then, you know, we've said it earlier in the pod. If you know what you want, go for it. Yeah. Uh, Hollins is such an interesting one. And and to be honest with you, Illinois wanted to keep that really quiet and they did. Uh, You know, I I heard about the name late in the week and heard he could be visiting. And then they offered him on the visit. And the story behind him is is fascinating. Um, A kid who grows up in, in rural Mississippi, works on his family farm, Plays football, too, and he's pretty dang good at it. Um, But he doesn't play for a great team, plays for a small school, plays quarterback because he's the best athlete on the team. Goes to an Alabama camp, doesn't get much interest out of it, gets a few numbers from coaches. Um, But then he goes to another Alabama camp. His brother, his younger brother, drags him there. Ashton didn't really want to go. And George McDonald happens to be there. Ashton runs a four three something, so a sub four four forty at Alabama. So even if that's laser time four five, that's rare, especially when you're six foot four, 170 pounds. McDonald must have liked what he saw in position drills as well, liked his work ethic, uh, got to know him and his family a little bit, and basically was calling him every day uh, just to say, hey, get up here for an official visit, get up here for an official visit. And probably Ryan wanted to make sure nobody at their schools were, were sniffing around, and they get him up here, they get an offer, and Illinois is right in the front of that recruitment because nobody else is really in on him, and it's it's an intriguing story. I love the story. Um, you know, On his huddle film, Ryan, it's hard to see much because he's a quarterback. And he's obviously going to be a raw wide receiver, but if you're six foot four, 175, 70 pounds, and you run sub four five, and you're as quick as he shows on film, that's an intriguing high ceiling prospect. And Illinois has had a lot of high ceiling guys in that wide receiver room, uh, outside of you know Josh and Matt Torbebe and maybe Brian Hightower, and now you add Isaiah Williams to it. But um, he's an intriguing prospect. Like I, I'd love to see him work out at wide receiver, but. 
George McDonald, who's coached in the NFL and has coached really good wide receivers, really seems to like him. Well, I mean, at that size and at that speed, I mean, those are both surefire D1 Power 5 athletic traits. You know, again, the question for me, and, and McDonald would have gotten to see him work out at the camp and see what he did as a receiver. But, uh, you know, if he can run like that and he can catch, like, that's a mismatch problem. And that's a guy that you can send deep. And to the, to your point, you know, if you play quarterback all year, there's not going to be much receiver film out there, which between that going to a small school and maybe just not doing a whole lot to market himself, you know, he's got a lot on huddle, but you know, if he's not doing a whole lot to really market himself and, and seek those offers out, then that's probably why he stayed under the radar mm-hmm. for so long. So, you know, kudos to them for, for seeing something they like and, and going full steam ahead with it. I mean, he is very interesting. I'd love to see more film of him, catching the ball just to see you know how how reliable his hands are how sharp his route running is you know because it's tough to tell one it's just kind of tough to tell on some huddle film but two it's tough to tell against that level of competition he's played so much out of position if he's able to focus on just playing receiver really dig into that position how much better can he get but you know the work ethic is obviously there and i could see them resonating from a personality standpoint too you know, same idea with Clayton Leonard. Yep. They love the, the farm kid. <laughs> and he's just got that blue collar, lunch pail, bring your lunch pail to work mentality. And the question again is going to be, is he, you know, is he willing to take that jump to go so far from home in unfamiliar territory? It'd be kind of, um, you know, it'd be a new experience for him. But at the same time, you know, Champaign's not downtown New York City. It's not right. like Georgia Tech where it'd be Atlanta. You know, you're going to a town that, even though it has like a good college town vibe, it's still surrounded by farmland. So, you know, maybe he finds a home away from home there. The guy I think is the most intriguing target, or maybe Illinois stands in the best spot with outside of Hollins, uh, would be for me, Jared Beatty. Uh, we mentioned him very close with Ian Pugh, uh, knows Malachi Hood very well, has gotten to know Jordan Anderson very well uh, the last couple months. And Illinois hosted him for an official visit on June 4th. He then went to Minnesota, Michigan State, and Tennessee for official visits. And the expectation is he'll make a decision here uh, in the next couple weeks. And it does feel like Illinois is the leader. I haven't quite put in the crystal ball, though I've thought about it a lot here. Ryan, uh, Michigan State just hosted him. I don't think Minnesota's, you know, that that big of a priority uh, for him or for Minnesota. Uh, and Tennessee's just kind of an interesting fit. They seem like they would have, you know, bigger targets out there. But uh, that's a, that's one they. It feels like they sit pretty well. And for me, that's a huge need position with Owen Carney, Isaiah Gay graduating. Mark Mondesir is playing that position. You know, they got Seth Coleman coming up. They recruited Dwayne Johnson. We'll see what Ezekiel Holmes can bring at that position. But um, this is a, this is a high-need position. Not that Beatty would play as a true freshman, but they need more six foot five, 220 good pass rushers at that position. And, and Beatty's really the best uh, in the state at, at that position. And he's got all these close friends. So it feels like Illinois is in a good spot there. Yeah, and, and I've always liked where Illinois has been with him. I'm kind of where you are with it, where – I'm not quite ready to call it for Illinois yet. Um, you know, anything can happen on these visits. Uh, you know, a guy could have a change of heart. But when I talked to him during the season, Illinois was the only official visit at that time that he knew he was going to take. So that that tells me at least Illinois at that point, And, I mean, that was in, like, late March, early April. I can't remember exactly when the game was. But, you know, Bielma had only been on the job for a few months at that point. And for them to already make that kind of impression on an in-state guy um, – 
you know, I think that stood out to me. Obviously, some other Big Ten programs came calling. He took the visit to Tennessee. Tennessee is an impressive campus. They have an impressive program with a lot of history. But it's always just felt like Illinois really put themselves out in front. And if they can hold those other programs off, that'll be another big win. And again, Hood, Beatty, Anderson, those guys are all tight. And so they know each other. They, they train together. They work out together. And I know those guys have been on him. If you look at any of his social media posts – from when he goes on these visits, he'll post those pictures and Hood and Anderson almost right away are like, nah, delete this, take this down, this isn't it. So they've been on him nonstop. And so I like where Illinois is. Uh, we'll see how this one shapes up as a decision is coming. Um, I'm sure Malachi Hood would love to not be the only defensive commit in this class so far. <laughs> right. So he would probably want some help. And uh, that's, that'd be a great addition there. And you know, from a scheme standpoint, if you look at what Ryan Walters did with Missouri, the last few years that position is crucial and they've had a lot of good players at that rush linebacker those outside linebacker spots so you know Beatty probably needs a little bit of time to put some weight on but he's an exceptional athlete awesome frame doesn't carry a lot of bad weight he's explosive I think for him the key is just putting on some good muscle so that he can be a little more physical at the line of scrimmage shed those blocks and get to the quarterback but you know, the burst is there. The instinct is there. It's just a matter of him physically developing the rest of the way um, to be that impact player that they think he can be at that position. I got a couple more in-state targets, and I have no doubt they've made in-state inroads, right? But now they have to win some of these bigger battles, and I think Pew is one of those. I think Beatty certainly would be one of those, a Big Ten battle. Uh, but a couple more, and one would include Aiden Lawfrey, uh, running back out of Gibson City, and Illinois made him a priority for a while here. And uh, I've always thought Iowa was going to be tough for, for Illinois to beat. And he also took a visit to, to Washington State, which was one of his first offers. And they run a wide-open offense that could really intrigue somebody. But, you know, Aiden's kept things pretty close to the vest. But after his Illinois official visit, I started to think, Illinois might have the lead here. He even told me, like, the other schools are going to have to match this. Now, the key, Ryan, as you know, is holding on to that momentum, holding on to that feeling through the rest of the month and through the rest of these official visits. And now he's gone to Washington State and, and gave them high praise. And now he's gone to Iowa. And uh, I know Illinois pr- knows that, hey, Iowa's probably going to appeal to him. You know, that's a really good program that has great history of running backs or if he wants to play safety or does play safety, uh, they have a history of that. But this is where it becomes – Illinois has a, a staff that's message is resonating, right? They have – this new car smell that is really intriguing to a lot of players, but does that overcome the years of being irrelevant really in the big 10? And that's why Brett Bielma and his staff have done a really good job, but they have a tough job uh, at Illinois to, to convince these prospects not to go to something uh, stable, even though what happened last summer, like Iowa has rebounded from that apparently. And Iowa is a very, great sell they're always good they they have tradition they have identity and illinois is just trying to be them right so that's going to be an interesting battle and i know illinois thinks thinks iowa is is going to be a challenge to, to overcome but it feels like it's coming down to those two big 10 schools and if illinois wins that one man that's a huge feather in this cap yeah and you know i think that we've always identified that as being the big challenge for overcoming in-state they've, they've gotten off to a good start but the history of just where this program's been in the last several years outside of a few bowl years, you know, it's, it's been mediocrity at best and you know, call a spade a spade. They haven't been great. And, and that's why Bielema is now here. 
That's why they've made a handful of coaching changes in the last 10 to 15 years is because they, while they've had occasional success, overall the program hasn't been where it needs to be and where it was in the 80s and then the late 90s and early 2000s. So, you know, that perception of the program is one of the biggest obstacles to overcome. Uh, but And then you, you combine that with what felt like an abandonment of in-state recruiting over the last two years you know, it's a, it's a tough turnaround to make in, in the near term. So yeah, that would, it would be a big win uh, for Illinois. I mean, I obviously Iowa has that consistency, that steadiness. Ference is there. He's still there. There have been rumors that he might yeah. start to plan out his exit plan. Um, but he hasn't said anything. And until he does, it's safe to assume he's still going to be there. And, you know, Iowa has, has a good uh, offense that's friendly both to running back and receiver it's very balanced and i i kind of think that that's what illinois offense might end up looking like to some extent it's more like iowa than wisconsin um we'll see what shakes out this fall yeah. um but you know when when aiden took that visit uh, illinois really has been doing a great job with these visits we talked about that before and him making that comment almost makes me think that iowa was like all right challenge accepted we'll, we'll match you and beat you so, I you know I don't think that Illinois from a from a depth chart standpoint is facing too much of an obstacle there. Um, you know Chase Brown will probably be done in the next year or two. They've got Jordan Anderson and and they got McCray. Reggie Love. Uh, both, yeah, and Reggie Love. But I mean, McCray and Anderson are big backs. Reggie Love's kind of that uh, you know first and second or third down maybe change of pace. I, he he can kind of do it all, but. He's not that battering ram back like some of those other guys. And I think Lawfrey just gives you so many options for what you can do with him just because he's such a, a great athlete. So I don't know that he's necessarily competing for you know roster space in that regard because I think he would have a pretty unique role himself. Yeah. But it's just a matter of, you know, one, he's had a front row seat to Illinois over the last pretty much the whole, his whole life. And in his whole lifetime, Illinois has had maybe three or four decent seasons one good one and he's, he's and, probably and, seen and Iowa really, have great years really in his memory which is probably the last eight years it hasn't it ain't been good <laughs> right it's it's been, it been it's really been what one or two if you count Beckman's yeah. bowl, bowl year a good year like um so yeah and, and I, I've always thought like does a kid that's 30 minutes away from Illinois does he does he want to get away for school right mm -hmm. like and, and he kind of went against that when I asked him about it but I think it's always a consideration you might want to get away from home a little bit away from the pressure uh, but there are some upsides of, of being close to home and being marketable close to home especially with this uh, NIL uh, coming in as well uh, but I do think Ryan if there's one in-state target. If Illinois can only get one in-state target the rest of the way, I think it's pretty safe to say no offense to any of these other guys who they really want. So don't take us out of context here if you're a parent or close to one of those recruits. But Austin Brown, uh, the the four-star safety out of Johnston City, they just hosted him for an official visit. I, I he was able he was kind enough to talk to me for 10, 12 minutes the other day, breaking down everything about his recruitment. So check that out on the site. But uh, Illinois is in the mix here, man, and they have made him a top priority. I think they've done a really, really good job of both selling him uh, on staying close to home to his mother. It's only a, what, two and a half, three hour drive. And, uh, you know, being a big part of their turnaround and, and likely being an immediate impact guy for them in a new in a new defense where Ryan Walters the defensive coordinator is basically going to build a defense kind of around his skill set which is which is very very versatile 
Of course, they're going up uh, against uh, a lot of great programs here. Northwestern uh, is, I mean, come on, what have they done at DB here recently? Greg Newsom, uh, who we both first covered rounder. his recruitment, first rounder. Brandon Joseph is an All-American. And uh, that, that program sells itself right now, uh, both academically and on the field, winning two out of the last three Big Ten West championships. Wisconsin, Jim Leonard, man. Like, everyone wants him, including the Packers. Uh, some schools have you know, talked about him as a potential head coaching candidate. I I don't know if Illinois was was incredibly interested. I don't know about that, but like he was rumored uh, to be kind of attached to the Illinois job. And, you know, he's a former safety, former three-time All-American, former NFL safety. Uh, so Wisconsin is is the epitome of, of, you know, sustained success that Illinois is trying to get to. Then Michigan, even though they got, you know, I don't know how much – how much leeway they have up there, but it's Michigan. It's prestigious. And Boston College has done a really good job. Like I, I don't I don't know if they're gonna land him. I, I would put them probably towards the bottom of the list here, but they've done a really good job recruiting him. They're they're a new staff there for the most part. And Halfley's got a good history dating back to his Ohio State days. So that's gonna be really tough for them. But um, you know, he took one visit uh the first day unofficial he took official on on the first day of june then the last day of june that he can make a visit he goes to illinois as well so uh feels like he's really interested now it's about can they overcome all that other stuff and all these other great programs uh to land one of the top prospects in the state yeah and he's interesting because when one of the top prospects in the state is from southern illinois you've got the luke ford pitch in your back pocket right so i mean he could go to a school like a michigan and just be one of many uh, or, you know, as Ryan Walters is selling him right now, you could come in and we'll build this around you. It may not be right away, but we'll start building this around you. And, you know, I, I think Brown's so so multi-talented and he fits in so many different roles, but you know, he really seems like the kind of guy who could be that quarterback at the defense, really call out the plays, a great athlete, you know, probably more of a strong safety than a free safety, but, I mean, he's got the ability to play just about anywhere back there. Um you know, it's one of those where you just you just throw your cell out there and, and press until until he makes his decision and see what happens. I mean, being up against Michigan is is tough. Uh, Michigan obviously has a lot to sell, although I think you've got to wonder what's going on up there. Harbaugh has been on a little bit of tenuous ground. They just reworked his deal, but it's definitely not as favorable. Um, you know, the one that that does intrigue me a bit is Boston college, because I think he has a good relationship with Jeff Halfley uh, and they've done a great job recruiting there. Boston college has always kind of had a presence in the Chicago area mm-hmm. um, or in the state of Illinois, mostly in the Chicago area. But, you know, obviously it's resonated enough with him to take an official visit out there, despite a lot of his other options. Um, you know, Wisconsin's Wisconsin, good defense, um, Northwestern is going to be interesting to me because Northwestern did just land a commitment from Trevon Howard from IMG. And I think those two guys would play similar positions. So, you know, I haven't looked at what Northwestern's current depth chart situation looks like, but I would have to think that that would play uh, a role in his decision or at least influence it to a degree. So that commitment might help Illinois, um, at least give them a leg up when you're comparing apples to apples to Northwestern. But, you know, with that opportunity to build that and the fact that, these in-state commits have been all over Brown lately. Um, so, for example, Pew and Hood and Anderson all went down to Champaign on Saturday to hang out with him while he was in town. So, you know, they're pressing on him. They're trying to get him. And if they're able to close that deal, man, that's, that's a big, big get and a cornerstone that you can build around in that defensive backfield. 
Yeah, that would that would be the shockwave, right? Like Yohan Beatty, that's a really good get. People are like, oh, Illinois starting to make some noise. Like Brown would be a shockwave. You beat Wisconsin. You know, Iowa was trying to get him too and didn't even get him for an official. He went for an unofficial there, but uh, if you're able to to land him over all those schools, that would be um, the eyebrow raiser uh, of all of them. Of course, they're shooting their shot for a lot of guys. Ryan, um, some of these offensive tackles, they have a wide net trying to get that last offensive tackle. Uh, they're going hard after Ryan Bear, and you know they're not. No, Brett Beeman was not hiding it very much on social media with his bear gifts and Patrick Kudis. Uh, they're going after uh, some defensive linemen, Sayla Brown and. Uh, Felix Hickson are pretty highly ranked prospects. Uh, Cody Jones, a four-star Michigan commit. They they hosted him for an official visit. And you talked with Jaden Mangum as well, um, who's a four-star athlete that's likely to play safety for them if they were able to land him. So they're shooting their shot for a lot of those guys. Mike O'Reilly Ducker, I don't expect them to land him, but you know, top 400 tight end, they, they would love to add a third tight end if they could in this class. So any of those guys stand out to you most uh, as they shoot their shot for some pretty highly ranked prospects well I, I i really am interested to see what shakes out with ryan bear because it seems like there's a lot of programs that feel pretty good about where they're at with him um you know whether it's kentucky virginia illinois and then you know it was after the michigan state visit that he decided to call off his notre dame visit and that really to me was the most interesting thing was he called off that notre dame visit um you know there's been some tweets from his dad that drop some hints on Illinois and it sounds like Illinois um, you know, took some measures with his visits that maybe the, or with his visit to Champaign that other programs didn't that made it feel more inclusive for him as far as like family and other visitors. Um, but we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, I've always, I can tell you I, Illinois I watched, felt good after that visit and they've gotten oh, good yeah. feedback um, after, you know, he, he started to be like, Oh, he's not going to Notre Dame. This, this recruitment feels like it's close to being done. Some people don't think he's, he's quite ready to make that decision because everybody is getting good feedback. It's not just Illinois that's mm-hmm. getting good feedback. So that would be very interesting, but that would be another big eyebrow raiser if they can land the six foot seven, 320 pound jacked. Like there's not a lot of bad weight on Ryan Bear. Uh, that mm-hmm. would be, that would be a heck of a get. Well, that's, that's the type of offensive lineman that's made Brett Bielema successful in the past. So that's, that to me is the sell, the, the family aspect of it all. But, you know, with him, he, he had a lot of really good interest, but you got him on campus, you nailed the visit. Uh, it's just a matter of can you beat out these other programs that also have good cells and bring in a guy that could be an anchor on that offensive line. I mean, you pair him up with White Knack, Okla, those guys. I mean, shoot, that, that's a good offensive line class right there. That's that's really good, and if I mean Kudis also great. I, I think, you know, the chances probably went down a little bit with him whenever Dallin Hayden did decide to go ahead and go with Ohio State. Um, but and then there's also I mean Matt Matt Freeze is in the picture too, but you know to me right now Ryan Bear is probably that top guy, and if you can get a guy like that, you can between behind him, and then you can run. Jordan Anderson. I mean, you're just going to wear defenses down with with a line and some running backs like that. Like that's just, uh, you know, it's, it's that power of football yeah. that we've come to know under Brett Bielema. Yeah, it's a little too early to grade uh, just how June went yet, right? Because 
of all these guys, whether it's Bear or Brown or Beatty and Bostic and, and all these guys, Miller, like they all have visits or all have commitment dates uh, coming up very shortly. And then you have to keep those guys, even if they do commit. So it's a little too early, but if they get a couple of the guys we're talking about, that that shows that Illinois is heading on the right track. But they just got to finish. They got to close off uh, some of these recruitments. But if they're able to get a couple of those guys, Ryan, you know, I – you start to see like, hey, if you're ranked eighth or seventh or ninth in the Big Ten recruiting rankings, that's a huge improvement for Illinois. And you start beating some of these fellow Big Ten uh, West programs. That's a huge improvement. And and a lot will depend on evaluation, just like Northwestern and Wisconsin don't always have highly ranked classes, but they evaluate, they develop well. And of course, that's what Bielema did at Wisconsin. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is going to be putting these guys that they get in position to win. Uh, on the field, which we won't see until the fall. Um, and the other thing too is, you know, you start getting classes in that seventh, eighth, ninth range in the Big Ten. You know, that's just one class. It's going to take time and and consistency in stacking these classes year after year for that change to really move the program. You know, I think it's going to take a you know three to four classes to really see uh, classes at least consistently ranked in that range, if not better. Um, to start to move the needle, you know, it's, it's not going to just turn around overnight because uh, they're freshmen. They're going to be freshmen. Um, you know, if you land a couple impact transfers that can change things a little bit, but most of those guys are freshmen. It's going to take time for them one to physically develop and two to earn the playing time and get up to speed to be able to really make an impact on the field, but you got to start somewhere and this is the best place to do it. And if you can lay that foundation with this first class, and continue to build upon it, then, you know, two to three years down the road, you're looking at being reliably in a bowl game. You've got, uh, you know, much better public perception, which also helps with recruiting. So it kind of compounds on itself. So, you know, I think they're off to a good start. Um, you know, I, th- I think they've done a good job of, of building momentum, getting excitement in the fan base um, and really just appealing to these guys. It's just a matter of now you got to hang on to them for signing day. Yeah. You got to get them inked and, you know, we saw this mad rush to get visits in, and now I'm curious to see how many of these guys maybe feel that they rushed into a decision, not necessarily Illinois commits, but just in general nationally. Yeah. If these guys, you know, they, they rushed into all these visits and then they're like, whoa, I need, I need to take a minute. Or, you know, if they end up holding, I think the camaraderie that the Illinois class has among itself so far is going to be really big in retaining those commitments come signing day. Um, but I'll just be kind of curious to see what the turnover rate is. I mean, the, the transfer portal's been crazy. Is it going to be something similar with the commits this year? I don't know. Uh, but I feel pretty good about where Illinois is, and I feel like these guys have, have built a good bond so far that's going to keep at least a majority of this class together. Great stuff, Ryan Easterling. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Easterling. Ryan, appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. Great stuff. Yeah, I think if Illinois, all those guys we talk about, if they land three or five in the next – month, say July. Uh, I think you feel pretty good about where they are going into the fall, where you'll probably just have a couple more spots to fill, right? A handful of spots, you know, if if you get to that top, you know, five range, or if you had three, maybe you got five, six, seven spots and you got more evaluation opportunities. Maybe you win some games, uh, you can sell the the program even more. And, you know, not all their targets who took official visits are going to decide right away. So it'll be very interesting. It's such an interesting recruiting period. Um, A lot of these schools are going to have fewer scholarships to fill given 
the COVID rule that gives so much more eligibility. And given that all schools got to get to 85 scholarships next year, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. But I think Illinois ideally would love to hand, add a handful more guys uh, before the season starts and, and then really see what happens during the season and shoot their shots uh, for some more guys and, and just evaluate a little bit more. For the latest on Illinois football recruiting, check out Illini Inquire. And if you're listening to this on Monday, June 28th, you have a few more hours. Uh, I'm probably going to post this around 1, 1.30. You have the rest of the day until about 11 p.m. Central Time uh, to get the next two months of Illini Inquire VIP access for just $1. And Derek Piper was out on the road again at Ridgewood, a bunch of top Illinois basketball targets. He's going to have so much more on basketball recruiting the rest of this week as well. And it's going to be a busy July for him, traveling the country, checking out Illini targets. And of course, you know, we got training camp coming up, media days around the corner. So you can get all of that coverage the next two months for just $1. Like two months from today is the Illini football season opener against Nebraska. So you get all that coverage for the next 60 odd days uh, for just $1. So check us out. Don't like it. Then you can cancel your subscription and move on. Uh, but it's a pretty good deal just to get a, a peek inside of our intense VIP uh, experience. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.